Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. We're back for more WrestleMania 15. Pa part two. <laughs> Whoa. I really, really thought for a minute there, if I do that with conviction, sort of like boys <laughs> to men might join in. pa 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 I thought you were doing like it. You know, like, midday is like the um, the worst of the, oh my God, my plane's going to crash. Pan Pan is the second. Is it? Yeah. Pan Pan. Pan Pan. pan, pan. I've not heard that one at yeah, all. Yeah, Pan Pan. It's like, um, shit's gone sour. Right. Shit's gone south but not as quickly as if I was shouting Mayday right now. Really? Yeah, because pan... Uh, what does pan mean in... Uh, P-A-N-N-E in um, French. Pan. Pan, pan, pan. Pan. Uh, that's... Uh, well, P-A-I-N is bread. Yeah, but not that. Pan, <laughs> pan isn't it... It's something like... It's clothing or something? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. It's, it's problem, anyway. It did some kind of... Distru- pan, pan. Pan, pan. Pan, pan. Pan, pan. Pan, pan. I didn't know that. Yeah, because Mayday is, is, is May, Mayday, uh, whatever is in French. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know anything. You, you, you can say a lot about, like, podcasts, about whether they're a valid form of art, but what you can't say is that they aren't well-researched. For me, it's like I lead you to water, <laughs> and the waters are so shallow. We just want you to go out there with the excitement and interest <laughs> that we engender in you by not knowing the answer to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what philosophy is, isn't do, it? Do people really expect a wrestling podcast to have any knowledge outside of, you know, <laughs> Billy Gunn's arse, really? <laughs> the, uh, I think most people just expect it to be two virgins arguing with each other about the booking of Kenny Omega in Japan. <laughs> so I think we're already one step ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're going back to 1999 uh, at the minute. Um, yes. We managed last last week to get through one match. One match. match. It was so, a hard uh, one, though. <laughs> it it really? was. Really put us to the ringer. Yep, and we talked about it for probably, I, I think, in total four minutes of the hour running time. We had Mean Gene tribute, yeah. um, compacted um, shit yep. stories, yep. and then a lot of bum chat, yep. and then we got to the match, I think. Yeah, and it's we, a we, standard uh, episode of WrestleMe, <laughs> isn't it, really? <laughs> it's all you're going to get, really. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us once again. Yeah, so let's crack straight on in. Uh, mm. Match number two, uh, WWF Tag Team Champions Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett, who is accompanied by Deborah, uh, versus Test and D'Lo Brown with 
with ivory. Oh, uh, lot to unpack here. Yeah. Lot to unpack. You can really see the old back acne on Test. Yeah. I know that. Uh, I think you explained in the last episode why he was called Test. Yeah. <laughs> there is there is no other reason why he would have been called Test. <laughs> you know, his real name's Andrew Martin. Now, Andrew Martin did not say, well, I've had this character for years called Test. It was a bit of an in-joke. Yeah. Uh, and it was done because Test, uh, he was a remarkable specimen. Mm. Um, at the time, you know, everyone was taking odd supplements. And I say supplements, I mean, you know, steroids, human mm. growth hormone, if they could afford it. So, you know, it, it's a very, very druggy period of mm. the industry here. Um Andrew Martin test he has an interesting sort of story he was he was huge before he started doing wrestling right. so he's 66 six, and he'd really worked out and he was in such good shape that he 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 was a I think he's Canadian and he'd heard from someone that the WWF wrestlers after they'd uh, had a uh, event I think at the the Sky Dome in Toronto mm. that they all went to the Planet Hollywood in the complex right and so he went along there and because he looked so much like a professional wrestler they just let him in right and when when he was there, he was saying, I'd like to be a professional wrestler. And they were like, oh, I shouldn't really be in here, um, but you've got a good look. Um, why don't we put you in, ch- in touch with someone who can help train you? Mm. At the time, Bret Hart was, you know, setting up some stuff. He went to see Bret Hart. He ends up getting trained by a lot of different people. Oh. He was in a group with um, Edge and Christian. Right. And they all break into the industry just at the same time. Um, Test comes, he's basically debuted in 1998. So he is a green, as green. And they really, really thought they had something very, very special with him. Mm. Um, his career was one of underachieving with the gifts that he had. Yeah. He's not bad in the ring. He wasn't bad on the mic. He looked great. He was pushed, but somehow none of it mattered. Mm. It just he it just sometimes works that he, way, though, doesn't he it? He just didn't get it. And mm. it's and it's impossible to say really why that is. It was just missing that that special something. He was there until 2007. Really, he's he's sort of best remembered for the fact that he um used to go out with Stacy Keebler, who right. at the time was the biggest diva in the world. <laughs> and then he went out with Kelly Kelly, who was uh, Kelly Kelly. I remember Kelly Kelly. Kelly yeah. Kelly. Uh, did we see her at would I have seen her at wrestling in no, England? No. no. Right. So she she um she she had a, a, a you know a, a fairly decentish career at the time when women's wrestling was not very important. Mm. So she was a divas champion, but she was a very sort of popular diva. Um, she there's a funny fact about her, which is that she was so young when she started that she is actually now, even though her career was 11 years ago, mm. she's younger than most of the big stars current, now. like Charlotte <laughs> Flair, right. Natty Neidhart. She's actually younger. Yeah. So she was. She was impossibly young when she started. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Do the maths. Oh yeah, Don't do the maths. Um, Don't stare too hard at the maths. <laughs> <laughs> look up, look at Billy Gunn's ass. <laughs> Don't look at the maths. Not if you're seventeen. Um, <laughs> so uh, Test was around in WWE and, until 2007. We do see him at a lot more WrestleManias, mm. um, but uh, he was released after he failed a drug test. By 2007, we, we're post Benoit, and the the attitude is very very much changed. Yes. Um, um, he announced he was retiring uh, at the end of uh, 2007. Uh, in 2008, he had DUI. He was training to be a personal trainer, but they found him dead uh, in 2009 in his condo. He was only 33. Mm. Jesus Christ. Um, a police had been called after a neighbour reported saying that he, he could see his neighbour, Andrew Martin, test through uh, a window, and he was motionless. And he'd noticed he was coming back home that he hadn't moved at all. Uh, they went in. Test had um, died. Uh, or it was an accidental overdose of oxycodone, which right. is a uh, a pain pill. Mm. Uh, his parents, I mean, they they had said 
you know, we had no real idea. We knew that he was having problems with pain and with prescription medicine. But they sort of said, um, it's wrestling, they said. And we just understand that for some reason wrestling is, is mired in secrecy. And things, and they just felt that he'd he'd really learnt not only to take pain pills because of wrestling, but also to to conceal it yeah. from everyone. Um, there was a, a tribute done to him by uh, a, a, what at the time was the biggest wrestling site called Slam Wrestling. A guy called Greg Oliver wrote about him, and it, it's I mean you know you would say Greg, give it a bit of fucking time, but he wrote. <laughs> While writing yet another obituary that should not have to be written so early in someone's life, I was surprised to learn often I had interviewed Test Andrew Martin during the initial years of his career. Is it a condemnation of me for not remembering some of the interviews, or the fact that I've done so many? Or is it just the general blandness of Andrew Martin himself? Oh, no! He's not getting invited to the funeral. <laughs> Perhaps that sounds cold a few days after his death, but it also speaks to his in-ring character and persona, which just never hit the heights that many thought, given his look and physique, that he should have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not me being cold. <laughs> it's Tess being awful. Um, uh, so uh, that a, is a sad work. story. I mean, I mean, Tess again. Had he not died, I don't think he'd really be remembered at all. At no, moment. certainly not on the BBC website. I know that. <laughs> so it is a it is a perplexing. What's funny is to me, it seems like Tess is a fairly recent death, and it is eleven years ago. The very mm. fact that he announced his retirement on his MySpace page. Wow. You know, it just is a different different era. And I wonder uh, if you could go back and see his MySpace page. <laughs> have a look. Oh, we'll have a look. Uh, surely. Test if there's a password wrestler. to get into it, I imagine that would be oxycodone. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, Peter. No, stop this. Um, you'll be pleased to know. Is it? Is it there? Mm, test wrestler. Mm, MySpace page. I, d- I, don't, I would not know. Is MySpace still I, going? I don't think MySpace is... Uh, no, I think it is, yeah. Really? It's it's just got... Um, well, it's, actually, the, the problem is, because he was announcing on MySpace, um, it only gives you wrestling news... Footage nah. talking about the actual thing. Maybe I'll, I'll check it out. I'll try and find his MySpace page. <laughs> I hope he's done a load of like mixtapes like Lily Allen did. Um, he actually he made Test, so he died in two thousand and nine. Mm. Uh, he made a comeback in two thousand sixteen. What? I'm confused. He was uh, on a section on E's Wags program. <laughs> so in America, they have. Wags, Wives and Girlfriends, yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. a, it's a big reality show. Kelly Kelly is married to a baseball player who's famous uh, in the States. Right. And um, a medium called Tyler Henry uh, managed to pass on messages from Test to Kelly Kelly, who was absolutely in tears oh, and no. distraught by it. Uh, the, the, the message was along the lines of, he just wanted to say that he knows you've moved on. Friday was a big thing. <laughs> and he sort of goes, what happened on Friday? And she sort of went, I got married. And he sort of goes, yeah, yeah that's, that, that'll be it. Uh, so, so nice to see Test is back. Test is back. Uh, and if you are listening, um, sure at WrestleMePod.com. Do get involved, Test. <laughs> Do say hello. Have you ever uh, seen a medium? Uh, no, I um, don't necessarily believe in all that. Codswallop, quite uh, frankly, I believe that they're good fun <laughs> to see. Oh do, do, no, me and you saw one uh-huh. in Edinburgh. The we Edinburgh did festival. What, look, I yes. would say that is the best show I've ever seen. It was was it days after he was found to be fraudulent. That show, yeah, yeah, and it went. Do you know what? The funniest thing about it, you see, is it was a disaster. Let's yeah. make that clear. Yeah. That's why it was good. And it, it's the intensity and the uncomfortableness with it all. And it's kind of like, <laughs> wow, this is... He, how do you get away with doing this He'd in the been rumbled world? and yeah. he, he was still ploughing on because obviously he'd paid a deposit. <laughs> and he... 
if, if you or I went and did it and we went, we're going to pretend to be mediums and we're just going to guess at these people <laughs> as to who in their lives is dead, we would have got a better hit ratio than he did. Oh, because massively. Because I don't think it's possible to get as much wrong in, in an hour he as was, he did. He, was going, he didn't get one thing close. <laughs> he was going uh, to young women, your daughter. <laughs> yes. I was like, she's 18, Do mate. You know, this is one of my, my favourite things I ever saw, and I, I, I tell this story a lot, so it should be quite polished. <laughs> so, so, so brace yourselves. <laughs> so he talked to a woman who was sitting there who was about 70, she's right. about 75, yeah. little old woman, this is in Edinburgh, little old woman, Scottish grandma, tiny little glasses, little tartan fucking... <laughs> hat and he said right um you getting something from you he went um he went right yeah it's your it's your mum and she went it can't be and he went well, it's your mum she went it can't be he said what do you mean he said he said it's your mum she went my mum's alive <laughs> he went how old's your mum she went 94 and he went fucking hell <laughs> Marvellous. I love it. Marvellous. If you are listening to this and you're a medium, stop it. Yeah. That's basically it. You're being horrible. You are being horrible. You're being rancid. You're a big parasite. Um, (laughs) We cut then to see Isaac Hayes in the audience. We do. We're going to be seeing a little bit more of him later. (laughs) Uh, And uh, the Mean Street Posse, who are in the front row. Yeah, they look like... STDs. (laughs) STDs. <laughs> they look like walking STDs. They are guys. supposed to, which is good. Right, so okay. They are they're sort of preppy, kind of like greasy lads. They were legitimately friends of Shane McMahon when he was growing up. Oh, so okay, when right. he becomes a wrestler, they put his childhood friends with him like they're a big posse. I do like this angle of yeah. the uh, entitlement and the nepotism kind yeah. of thing. It really works because everyone's everyone works in a fucking you know factory where the the, the foreman's yeah. son is here and he's a fucking dickhead. Like, everyone's got that. Yeah, and, and that, that is the key to the Stone Cold Vince McMahon thing. Yeah. The boss with everything and the mm. worker who refuses to be crushed by him. Mm. This this worked, I, I think, really well. They're called the Mean Street Posse because they, they say they, they used to sort of roll on the mean streets of Connecticut. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just a good sort of, they're these, wearing these horrible pastel jumpers. They look great. What's really funny is this WrestleMania, they hadn't been told, really, that they were going to do anything more than this. <laughs> so they were told, come down, we'll dress you up, you get to see WrestleMania, and the next pack will like hit you, mm. and you can fall over. Um, Rodney and Pete Gas are two of them. They were friends of Shane from school, mm. and there are another couple of guys who never appear again. Um, their names—I've written them down. They were literally there for that match, and they disappear. <laughs> um, lovely. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. When we get to the X pack thing, mm. but they are—they are really good, and we get to see them in a while. But ah, before then. The best part of this entire WrestleMania, right? It's the brawl for all match between yeah. Butterbean and Bart Gum. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I love this, and I love it for the the, the, the backstory to it. <laughs> so, this is the the culmination of what had been called the brawl for all tournament, mm. and this is the first time that the WWF ever had proper legitimate shoot fights on their product. Right. So it started with a big tournament, and what had happened was JBL Bradshaw had been uh, backstage and he'd been boasting that he could beat anyone in a bar fight. And Vince Russo, who was the writer at the time, had taken this idea and said, why don't we do like a tough man competition? Mm. This is at the time when UFC is becoming bigger, but it's also more importantly the time when WWE is beginning to say, we know you don't like this whole good guys, bad guys things. We're doing something that's reality. It's a lot more sort of close to something real. And so they bring in this legitimate competition and they say to everyone in the locker room, "Um, we're going to do this competition. It's legitimate. 
you will get five grand if you're if you take part in one of the matches uh, it goes up with the, the sort of winnings until the winner will get 75 grand and the loser of the final will get 25 grand mm. and they basically say the other thing is whoever wins it is going to have a program with Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam right okay so the people who they'd offered it to were pretty much the guys who couldn't get on TV so uh, Mark Merrow, who was struggling, mm. he agreed to do it. You had one of the Road Warriors, Savio Vega, Quebeca Pierre. But the whole thing had been set up for one reason, mm. and that was for everybody to fall before the might of Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mean! Woo! My God! Gene! Now, Dr. Death, Dr. Death, Steve Dr. Death Steve Williams is one of the great American wrestlers. He was a legitimate uh, amateur star. He came second in the NCAA wrestling tournament to um, Bruce Baumgartner. And Bruce Baumgartner went on to win two golds uh, at the Olympics for freestyle wrestling. Right. So Williams had a very, very legitimate wrestling background. Mm. He was also a minor league football player. And he'd been in wrestling since the early 80s. He, he was known like for Kitch. being... 
freakishly strong, you know, and he was just an animal. Through the 80s and into the early 90s, he's regarded as being one of the the top ten wrestlers in the world. Mm. And he's a notorious hard man. So when he's in Mid-South, he has a match with Brad Armstrong, who accidentally elbows him, and he needs 103 stitches above his eye. (laughs) He wrestles the next day. So he's legitimately hard. He's also been all around the world and he's become a huge star in japan and he does a tag team over there with uh, freebird terry gory uh, gordy they are called the miracle violence combination <laughs> it's such a good bit of you know MVC. japanglish it's lovely. really really lovely um so he has come back he's done uh, won some tag teams in wcw and some really strong thumping matches yeah um and the wwe basically through Jim Ross, who was a uh, huge fan of Oklahoma's football, uh, which Steve Williams, I think, had been a a player for. They'd known each other throughout their careers. And Jim Ross had really, really wanted Steve Williams to come to the WWF. Finally, they signed him. Mm. And they decided to do this this tournament because the one thing they know is that Steve Williams cannot be beaten. (laughs) He's the hardest man in the world. (laughs) So this brawl for all, you're allowed to do takedowns, he was NCAA finalist, beat, you know, only yeah, beaten by the yeah, Olympian. Yeah. You're allowed to do punching. Mm. He's really, really hard. He's got a strong jaw. He took 103 <laughs> stitches in the eye. <laughs> and so he can't be beaten. Yeah. So when it starts, it is legitimate. And they say to everyone, you don't have to do this, but if you do, you get a big run yeah, and yeah. there's money for it. They have two shoot fighters in the company at this time, Ken Shamrock and Dan Seven, both mm. of whom have competed UFC, in, WC, yeah. in, in yeah. UFC. Mm. And Shamrock basically says, I don't want any part of this. And yeah. Part of the reason for that is, I think he was thinking, if he loses, if I lose, what, what have yeah. I got to gain? If I yeah. win, people will go, well, you were supposed to. Yeah. You know, you're a UFC fighter. Mm. Dan Seven did the first round of it <coughs> and basically... He's, uh, there was something about, you know, whether he didn't want to do it with the gloves or whether he felt like, again, it was a bit of a sort of, you know, you can't really win. Mm. He then pulls out and it's replaced. Mm. But the, the, you have people like uh, Quebec Pierre, now known as, he's, had, he's in his 50s and he's had a real career renaissance. He's now a Pierre Carhoulet and he's, uh, he's fantastic. <laughs> he's in Ring of Honor, just signed. Um, but he uh, was told by Road Warrior Hawk. Road Warrior Hawk said to him, look, you've got your first round match with Dr. Death. Mm. He said, there's no point you going. You might as well just lie down. He said, you get five grand, but you aren't going to beat him, are you? You aren't going to win. So they start this bracket, lots of people involved in it, too many, and it's a fucking disaster. And it's a disaster because it's boring. So during the first one, they aren't fighters, yeah, they aren't not bo- boxers. Yeah, they, yeah they're, they're bro- Half if, of them if, aren't real wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. So if they're, if they're like... Um if they're barroom bra, there's a difference between barroom brawlers. Like yeah. you saw when um, I don't know Kimbo Slice got into a, a UFC ring, exactly. And, and I know that's kind of mixed martial arts, but he got his fucking ass handed to him constantly. But out on the streets, yeah, he could he could do anyone. Absolutely, but, because, could... but it's a different technique. It's a different. It's a much more refined uh, and uh, and more distilled version of what you do. Compl- on the these street, are wrestlers, you know I mean? oddly, who can do twenty five minute matches. Yeah, and they are doing three rounds that I think last five minutes each or three mm. minutes each and they are gassing at the end of the first yeah. one because it's very different when you're actually having to fight yeah it, the, the matches are awful the punches are sloppy uh, the crowds begin chanting in the middle of them we want wrestling <laughs> and they're taking place on raw every every week and right. they are a fucking disaster and as you'd imagine all these sort of you know it goes exactly as planned mm. steve williams wins his first one uh, and people who are beginning to sort of like get quite badly injured doing this mm. quite a few wrestlers have, have such bad injuries that they their careers end. Savio Vega never wrestles for WWE again, or he goes back to the Caribbean. Road Warrior Hawk is out 
out with an injury. So you get these these matches that nobody cares about that are also decimating <laughs> the, the, the company. The roster. So... What happens is they get to the second round, and in the second round is Dr. Death Steve Williams against Bart Gunn, the former member of the Smoking Guns. Yeah. And what no one really understands is that Bart Gunn (laughs) has spent a lot of his life being in tough man competitions. And it's one of those things that people say, but because he's quite handsome Mm. and he's not the biggest guy, they're like, you know, (laughs) he's going to get his fucking head kicked in. (laughs) And what happens is, in the first round, uh, of the the first match of the second round, Mm. it's Dr. Death Steve Williams and Bart Gunn. And Bart Gunn knocks Williams the fuck out. (laughs) And Williams is on his back with his gum shield hanging out and his eyes glassy and he's gone down like a sack of potatoes. (laughs) And... It destroyed Williams's career. Not only that, he was actually very badly injured. I think he <laughs> fucked up his shoulder and his knee, and it fucked him. Yeah. And basically, they had it planned that he would win, and he's gone out in the second round. Yeah. What happens is Bart Gunn goes on to knock out the Godfather, who is also Bruno, <laughs> you know, very well respected, yeah. and then in the final, within what, 15 seconds, he knocks Bradshaw out. And these aren't <laughs> knockouts where you go, oh, they couldn't get up. He knocks people <laughs> unconscious. And he does it in seconds flat. Now, you'd go, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd say, well, fuck me. We've just created a new star. Mm. No. <laughs> Bart Gunn ruined what you wanted to do, which was make Dr. Death Steve Williams a star. Yeah. And so, after it's a price over... must be paid. They don't put him back on television again. <coughs> Bart Gunn doesn't get a SummerSlam main event with Steve Austin. No. And instead, they decide to punish him. And they decide to punish him by putting him up at WrestleMania against <laughs> Butterbean. Butterbean is a... called Eric Esch, I think. Mm. And he was a, a novelty act. But what he was was a novelty act. He was actually pretty fucking serious. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fat lad. He's yeah. not called Butterbean because he looks like a Butterbean, although he looks like a Butterbean. <laughs> he was on a diet where he had to keep his weight down for a tough man competition and he just ate chicken and Butterbeans. So the name, the name right, stuck. Okay, yeah. But he was, he was no slouch. So he had started in tough man competitions. He'd won a load of those. He ended up holding a boxing super heavyweight championship. He had a, an unbroken run of five years without losing fights. Not against high-level calibre people, mm. but then high-level calibre people, you know... Don't they, necessarily they, they don't grow on trees, you know? <laughs> so anywhere he went, he knocked people out. Yeah. He was known for doing it well within four rounds. And so at WrestleMania 15, they get Butterbean, who has had one WWE appearance before in an in-your-house pay-per-view against mm. Mark Merrow in a worked match. They bring out Butterbean, and they get Bart Gunn, who has done the impossible. He's knocked out Steve Dr. Death Williams, and they just sacrifice him to Butterbean. Right. And what a spectacular <laughs> fucking knockout. So, so... What's that? 35 seconds? Yep. It's 35 seconds. Knocks him down twice, and yeah. the last time, I mean, he, he practically smashes his head off his right, shoulders. Right, so, imagine, so I'd forgotten what shoot meant. <laughs> right? So, I go, I was because I always like to see what other people, because I, I don't like, I like to sort of have an idea about what people thought of it at the time, or, yeah. you know, in retrospect, sort of different matches and stuff. And so, this is a shoot match, unless, uh, like, in, in case you didn't know. And I was like, I confuse shoot with work. Right, so okay. I thought that Bart Dunt Gunn had taken a dive. Yeah. And I was like, that was a fucking good dive. His head gets caught on the bloody on the bloody rope. And, now and he's just out. And now we're back to the shoot match <laughs> of Kane versus Triple H. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was like, because uh, I was just confused oh. about why this was happening. Oh. They changed all of the ring um, size to Everlast, I think I noticed, <laughs> which I quite liked. Um, yeah, and he knocks him the fuck out, oh, doesn't he? It's ab- absolutely, absolutely amazing. Because like, Bart Gunn is very tall. Yeah. And Butterbean is tiny. Yep. And like just getting your hand even near his face must have been bloody hard, but oh. he knocks him the fuck it, out. It's amazing. Bef- I mean, uh, before you get there as well, there's so much more to this match because it is just, oh, it's f- I, I find it absolutely fucking thrilling. Um, they, they, but they put um, variables in that they didn't need to put well, in. They didn't need to sort of go, right, we're actually having a proper fight here. It was like, well, then somebody might lose, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not if you're not in charge, if you're not pulling the string, but, this is what fucking happens. What happens is when you when you when you when you don't like fix it what happens is dr death gets knocked out by bart gun and you go well that's annoyed me now let's do it and i think that they genuinely i think they genuinely wanted bart gun to have his head knocked off because it took away the whole thing of go him going well i've won this yeah. i need something now yeah and they just put him out there and they went please knock his head fucking brilliant <laughs> I, it's so weird it's one of those things of you were handed a new star yeah. on a plate now bart gun wasn't very charismatic he didn't really the fact he comes out for this fight they've given him a new nickname just for this fight and they call him mike the hammer gun right <laughs> is it, sorry is it mike gun but bart, 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 bart the, the hammer, hammer gun. gun they call him his name is gun <laughs> and you couldn't think of a funny nickname that would work in that scenario they call him the hammer the sniper fucking the, anything, terrible anything um as they come out as well, Bart Gunn's trainer, he just trips as he's walking. And I thought, <laughs> fucking hell, he's, he's all about, it's all about timing and, you know, moving your feet. You see him trip and you go, they have they have got him someone who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, this this is, the whole the whole brawl for all is regarded as one of the biggest mistakes the WWF have ever made. I mean, that Jim Ross, uh, Jim Cornette, I think, called it the stupidest thing they've ever done in WWF history. Jim Ross said it was one of those things that look good on paper. Yeah. But I, I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love all of this. I love the fact that the wrong person won yeah. because you can't control reality and I like the fact that then they went, what can we do to make this situation better? Yeah. Punish him. Let's burn it all down. <laughs> burn everything down. And I and I absolutely love it. Um, Have they ever done it again? No. Right. No. <laughs> never, never, never. And and I think this is this is the reason why. This is the reason why it's the only time it'll ever happen. Mm. The, the injuries were bad. The, <laughs> the result was not what they wanted. And then they had to bring in Butterbean to sweep everything up. Butterbean. If Butterbean is your, you know, <laughs> like man in Pulp Fiction who sorts everything yes. out. Imagine him turn up and be like, oh, for fuck's Kids, sake. I've the told wolf. you, I have warned you about how messy these rooms are. <laughs> you leave me no other option. Butterbean. Not, not my kids out. Bang. Knock them spark Bang. out. Thank you, Butterbean. <laughs> <laughs> At least someone here knows how to take orders. Um, uh, the other thing they have is the thing I love about this is yeah, there's look, such a right, big... Look, here's, my, look, here's my notes. What, uh-huh. does that, what does that say? Pretty good acting from Garden. Because <laughs> <laughs> he acts like he's not dead. <laughs> I thought it was all nonsense. No, it's the furthest oh, thing. Man. You are watching a hit. You are watching <laughs> a hit happening on television. Oh, I love oh, it. Oh, it's amazing. The, um, the the other thing that's really funny about it is I think, and again, it's all about how, how hilarious this this whole thing is. Mm. They have got loads of judges in. There's so much happening. There's so this, much isn't there? sort of like rigmarole, yeah. and they know that Gunn is going to be shot dead in a second. <laughs> and it's just all that thing of making him think he's got a chance. Yeah. And so you get uh, Chuck Wepp who uh, had a had a match with um 
Not, oh, they, they mentioned he had a match with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Chuck Wepner also had a, a famous match in Japan with Andre the Giant. Oh, uh, right. But they don't mention that. Right. Uh, and standing next to him is Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon, a wrestle me favourite. Yeah. Um, and he would be dead within the year, unfortunately. He would, yes. Sadly. In 1999, he looks very, very thin. When it, when big guys get ill, uh, yeah. I think we saw that with um, uh, Bobby the Brain. Like, yes. When they get really ill and they start to lose weight, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah think, it's really it's, noticeable. It's really horrible. The other thing is quite often they don't buy new clothes. They <laughs> exactly. wear their old clothes because you're just like, oh, this, oh I'm not, there's no point in me buying a new suit. <laughs> so they do wear the big clothes. But I tell you what, that he gets such a nice response from the audience. Mm. A proper, rousing, huge... And you can see him just he loves it yeah and you yeah. and i don't think he's ever had that thing of because he was always there he's never had that moment where he's been really appreciated by the fans mm. um really sweetly as well this is actually the building where he had his final wrestling match which had oh, happened yes, that's right, in 1980 yeah. uh, he'd lost to ken patera mm. and so it was really nice to see him just have his last curtain call there mm. Worth mentioning, I know we've skirted over it quite quickly, but the second match, which is uh, Test and D'Lo Brown with uh, Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart at this point has a month to live. Yes. I mean, it really is. And, and, and he's a lot better eerie. than everyone else, and he's better than everyone else in the ring as well. <laughs> he really is. He really is. But it's really, really eerie to think that, you know, who could have known what was around the corner? Mm. It would be at the, the very next pay per view, yeah. Over the Edge 1999. Well, a, I've noticed there's a lot of. Um, uh, people on ropes and and stuff in Aren't this one. They? Yeah, you a get lot the brood coming down, around, the, the boss man going up. Yeah, that it was all of part of the on. spectacle of wrestling, yeah. and uh, that that you know, I, I think it, it. I mean, obviously, it changed that entirely mm. after what happened to Owen Hart. No more of that. But you certainly can see. I mean, I mean, there is a thing here, and it's like the brawl for all, and it's like all the ropes and the what happens in the hell in the cell match. Is there is a thing about you can understand why fans are beginning to chant, "We want wrestling." Yeah, there's a lot of story line there's a lot of matches here end really unsatisfyingly there's lots of interference there's all this sort of stuff and what they're slightly doing here is they're forgetting to wrestle I, I, do you think that i mean they use a lot of mick foley um falling off the uh, well get thrown off the uh, the cell yeah I, and they use that like about three or four times they use the image of the teeth going through his, his nose and stuff like that mm. for that authenticity and stuff but like do you think that has something to do with the climb down where you have to you have to kind of pull things back a little bit and focus on storyline rather than um, like genuine uh, death-defying cer- spectacle? I certainly think so. And I mm. certainly think they thought the genie was out of the bottle. Yeah. What you can see here is this Hell in a Cell, Undertaker versus Bossman, mm. regarded as being a terrible match, you mm. know, pretty much uniformly. What you can tell here is the audience hate it because what they want to see, I think this is, is the first one. Hell in the Cell since right. Mankind's gone off the top. And what they want is they want to see something Bigger even better than that last time. And mm. when Bossman doesn't go off, off the top of it through a table into the floor, mm. everyone's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this so you, hell in the you, cell. You've, you've built it up to that level yeah. and everything you do is going to be an anti-climax. I mean, as soon as you, as soon as you see, if you're in the auditorium, you see a hell, a hell, a hell come down, <laughs> a cell come down, you're like... Oh yeah, yeah. Hello, this is we're, we're is... going to see something that is is a moment that everyone's going to talk about yeah. forever. It doesn't happen like that, no. you know. And it's and uh, it can't happen. Like that. <laughs> you see a lot of stuff on here as well. It's also an era of continually having people flip from good to bad or turn on people, mm. and it's just hot shotting all over the place. Yeah. And what that does is you don't get any sort of sense of build. It's all just that thing of you're waiting for someone to come off a cage because that's the thing you think you know that's going to lift the lift the day. Yeah. And within a month's time, of course. Everything has changed, mm. you know, and uh, of course, for the better. It bloody would be, yeah. <sighs> well, uh, I liked, I quite like Vinnie, uh, Vinnie Pazienza's, Pazienza's look. Pazienza's look. Pazienza. 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 The Pasmanian devil. Yeah, the Pasmanian devil. That doesn't really scan for me. 
No. It could, could have done something different there. No, he, a, a chicken runs out, doesn't it? That's right, yes. <laughs> With no a explanation or context. Runs out. I think, he, is he the... San Diego Chargers chicken? Yeah, it's not even the Philadelphia, um, whatever the ice hockey team that actually Eagles. plays in this. Yeah, whatever the ice hockey team that actually... What? It must be rival. Is it right? A okay, rival runs mascot runs in. And he constantly gets his, his ass kicked. It does. It, it, I tell you what, though, that chicken fucking lasts longer than Bart Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. <laughs> you can time it. It, it does actually, you Fazi- know. Yeah, because Vazzy ends a chins him, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But he punches the... He, he obviously has to punch the uh, the beak. Yeah. Um, and he sells it quite well, but I was like, he could have got close to the face. You, <laughs> you barely even touched the end of the beak. It would have been great if Pazzi Andrew just started booting it, really going for it. <laughs> People pulling him back. Actually caught him. Actually caught him like well you, you're getting struck off you can't you can't do any more <laughs> fighting anymore you can't, can't do any more there's a bit here as well where jo- uh, michael cole calls jerry lawler he sort of says something along the lines of oh, i'm the fight fan and lawler you're the fight knocker <laughs> 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 and fight knocker is a great way of if you want to pretend you're posh and saying fart knocker <laughs> you're the fight knocker the fight knocker the fight knocker oh wow yeah there are better nicknames to jerry lawler <laughs> <laughs> there we are fucking sean um uh, we're, we're kind of having to uh, come to a close on this one, I think, mm. uh, Mark, it's fair to say. Um, your, your life is going to be hell in a cell for the next couple of weeks. Because <laughs> yes. you're having a baby, aren't you? We're having a baby. So when we're recording this, mm. it's just working out the weeks in advance. So yeah. if we if we tell this one now, mm. it means we can record another one today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes magic. <laughs> uh, and then there'll be an uninterrupted thing. Otherwise, if we yeah. keep on going, uh, we'll I, I am going to muff it up. We'll yeah. have to take a week off. And yeah. We'll get like a best of and it'll be like a terrible friends episode that nobody wants to see. <laughs> and to be quite frank, we gave you twelve episodes during December, so eat a dick. I think right? thirteen. Attitude. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, Muff that right up. Didn't it? That was my fault. That was my fault. We did thirteen episodes, didn't we? What an idiot. Yeah, we're amazing. We could have removed two new jacks and that, and made eleven. <laughs> and everyone the one would we would have dropped would have been Sid versus Night Stalker. And that <laughs> that was popular great episode. Yeah. That was popular episode. Oh, oh wow! Uh, you get to before sh- swine. If you want to get to the show, uh, it's. Uh, Show at WrestleMePod.com. We should reread out some bloody emails at some point. We'll do that next week, promise. Yay! Um, and uh, yeah, uh, be good, everyone, and stay in school, and uh, <laughs> don't do drugs like test. Otherwise, we'll send Butterbean round <laughs> to smash your head off. Still alive, I think. Yeah, he is, good isn't lad. he? Uh, isn't it amazing? You see all the wrestlers who have died, and who's the one who's still going? The man who essentially looks like a thumb. <laughs> a massive, fat thumb. Uh, oh, amazing. Oh, WrestleMe, Mark. WrestleMe, See you in a bit. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market